This episode of Before the Trainwreck podcast is brought to you by the Grondike Soap Company. Guys, I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every single day. Tactical Soap is a handmade natural product made in the United States of America from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not endocrine disrupting chemicals that are going to lower your testosterone. Both the soap and beard oil is infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and that will automatically apply 10% off your order. Consider grabbing one of the trifecta packs to save even more. If you are a bearded man and want a majestic beard like yours truly, the God of War beard oil is hands down the best beard oil product I've ever used. Gentlemen, this is the most manly handmade soap that we know of. Other soaps are going to get you clean. This one will get you dirty. Again, you're going to want to visit coopersoap.com now and place your order. That's Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R, soap.com now. All right, we are live for the 30th installment of the Unplugged Alpha series, joined by uh, some of the crew from the 1%. And uh, we've got a show for you tonight on, uh, well, we're going to be talking about some origin stories because you guys recently just uh, wrapped up your um, event. Um, Who wants to tell like like kind of sum up the story of what the event was all about yeah i'll take it so been in the community now for about a year and at the same time some other really cool high level guys were also getting into it and what started off as a just relatively small innocuous event or meetup in miami uh 50 shades started planning that we're putting things in motion in the summer, I think like June or July. And then it's really started to gain some traction and we really started to get some guys that were interested. And so it sort of became the first official uh, meetup of the 1% community. And it was really like most guys, I would say 90% had not yet met in person and uh, weren't super familiar with each other. We were kind of guys, we didn't know to what level they had watched your content what other stuff they had read, what they had been involved with, what they've sort of experienced and gone through as we really started thinking about not only how do we identify with other guys that are in this community, but how do we also vet for guys that are not really serious about it? It's really important to understand where guys are coming from, where they are, and then where they're going. Mm -hmm. So we asked everybody to kind of come one of the nights that we were there and and sort of shared. uh, Was that the first night? That was, I think it was the second night. It was, people were kind of getting in either that first night uh, or that second night, but uh, it was the second night that we were there. So then it it allowed guys to have more conversations about things they had heard or, hey, I really liked when you talked about this and and talk more about it. Because that first night, everybody's still feeling each other out. It's like a networking event where everybody's just standing around with their hands in their pockets and they're really not sure where to go, even some of the more uh, extroverted guys. So something where we were really able to kind of dive deep. And, and also, it had been the first time a lot of us had been able to really openly talk about our stories uh, to people that could actually understand it. Can I, can I just, um, let me just quickly interrupt here because you posted a link um, on our private forum. Let me share the screen here to the video tab. It was before the train wreck 92, share audio. And oh no. Yeah, this is a clip here that you that you linked to. So let's just play this real quick. You want to challenge something we're talking about? Because this was a year ago. To you, uh, Chris, 
you're up, bro. What's happening? Hey, there? guys, how we doing? Good. Hey, thanks for having for me again, Rich. Yeah, absolutely. Cappy, what's going on? How you feeling? This was like plugged Blown in. The weather. So, yeah, well, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I'll tell you this. I'm going to go pick up the GF. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like Rich. I'm just going to get myself. I got my cheaters, my old man tea. I'm going to have some tea and I'm going to. Good go boy. Not a boy. Right on. Appreciate you staying with us. Uh, yeah. So, so right now, I mean, Rich, I was on last week and just a quick refresher. So I'm, I'm two and a half months out of a, um, you know, about two and a half year relationship, you know, newly mm-hmm. red pilled, reading a lot of books, uh, doing the work. So I'm, I kind of find myself in sort of a crossroads or like a pick your poison sort of situation right now. So, I mean, frankly, you know, and being complete honesty, like I've got one itis, like I know it, I feel it. I'm, I'm fully aware of it. Um, just going to speed it up so it doesn't take so long. How bad was your one-itis here about a year ago? Um, it was rough, man. I mean, I was still two and a half months out. She had actually just moved out, uh, and I was still in the house. You can see all like the crappy decorations on the wall behind me. That were yeah, all you hurt. made reference to them. You pointed up to yeah, them. Too. Yeah, and yeah. so it was bad, man. I mean, it was that every day had that pit-in-your-stomach feeling. Uh, that you just can't shake and get rid of. Like, it was rough, man. It was having trouble sleeping through the night. It was having trouble focusing at work. It was legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I know that the prescription for that is spinning plates, getting out there, meeting more women, getting under a different girl, right? The problem with that that I'm finding is I'm just not clicking with a lot of them or I'm not finding girls that I'm really into. I think I'd probably rate myself on a great day, seven, six and a half, somewhere in there. So definitely some, still some work to do and obviously attracting fives, five and a half, sixes, that sort of thing. But so I guess my question is more, where is, when you talk about from an ROI perspective or time best spent, is it, continuing to spend plates to ward off that one itis is it better time spent not spending money going out on dates and dating these girls and just having to kind of get through the one itis what's you know as far as the time i spent what, what are your thoughts on that i have a question okay. so you have one itis. so how old are you and why do you have one itis for this chick like why is she so special so I'm 20, i just turned 29 about a week ago so um yeah so there's no reason it, it's it's a lot of brainwashing a lot of blue pill conditioning um you know like i said i i, I think i mentioned last week it was betaization thousand concessions you see all the shitty decorations behind me that, that are hers and not mine i'm still in the relationship house or, or apartment so to speak until the end of this month um mm. but it this was one you got the dog with right yeah he's right here on the couch next to me. i'm keeping him by the way so mm. that's a w for for me but so yeah i mean you know i've gone i, I'm, I can rationalize it that's the thing that's kind of yeah so there's a lot of like you know rationalization of where you're at at that time right yep whole bunch of growth since then so so what's changed in the last year Welcome, Ryan. Oh, wow. I mean, dude, so many things have changed. I mean, even from so, so from added context, that was the night that I joined the community. Like, I got off that call with you and Aaron, and I was like, I'm, I'm in, I'm going in. One of the things I didn't share about the one itis is that I didn't, I didn't have a tribe. I didn't have friends that I could call. I didn't have guys that would understand this plight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my dad and I are super close, but. He, you know, without giving too much away, like he, he's not, he never experienced and will never experience the life that I'm living now between uh, being in a rural area, marrying a woman he met in high school, uh, so on down the line, right? So between, you know, getting a new job, having way more success with women, understanding and learning game, I was just, I hadn't yet started to really hone in on um, the practice and really understood intersexual dynamics so there I was just really early in my journey. I just needed to put up more shots and put up more reps. And one of the things I talked about too, I actually talked with a guy down in the meetup in Nashville this past weekend who was like, hey man, like how did you get over that one-itis and how long did it take you? And so Jaron and I talk a lot about uh, positive self-talk. You know, I'm not, I'm not a guy that says, 
I believe in the secret. If you put a picture of a Bugatti on your mirror, it's just going to appear in your driveway. That's not what that's about. It's more so when I would go out with these girls and I still had one itis. And even to the point where we were even still living together for a month after we broke up, but I was just so, I just needed to get out there and go meet other people. And so when I would talk about this relationship, well, of course I didn't want to say, yeah, I'm still in love with her. Yeah. I really want to be with her. She's my number one and only. Mm -hmm. I had to force myself to say, Wish her nothing but the best. She's a great girl. Just didn't work out. Sometimes it doesn't. And, and that's okay. And she's going to do great. And I said that and repeated that often enough that eventually it no longer became a lie. I internalized it and I believed it. Into, and then, you know, within a couple of months, I was indifferent towards it. Mm-hmm. Give, us, um, give us a breakdown of the um, origin stories that you guys talked about without giving away, you know, like a personal detail to somebody. Yeah, well, everybody has their own. So the way we do it, and it's it's we called it, you know, circle time or origin stories or trying to find a name for it that mm-hmm. you know sounds like it makes sense. But uh, the first night we did it in Miami, it's really you've had guys go all the way back to you know middle school, high school days. You've had guys talk about them getting red pill pilled by divorce. We had a number of guys that openly said they had set a date where they were going to bite a bullet essentially and mm-hmm. red pill saved their lives. And everybody's story while unique and different is all very similar. And when they experienced the, what they've gone through as far as trauma of divorce in the family law system, losing access to their children, um, having their entire life focused on or, or planned out and then have everything be ripped away from them. So it's everybody has time to share. Some guys share more than others. Some guys are a little more close off and reserved. But what it really did was really open up for us to get to know each other way better. And I think by the end of it, uh, we felt like we knew each other for years rather than just you know a couple of days. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, I didn't know if this was going to be about, hey, each one of the guys on here can kind of share theirs if you just want to do a recap of it. But um everybody had something really interesting and unique to share but it was also really similar in a lot of ways yeah i like to get some details i mean like we're we're in a strange time right now where i wasn't able to attend because i I can't travel outside of canada still and there's guys in the group that can't travel to canada like i did a small retreat for a um select group a couple weeks ago actually i invited ryan but he couldn't make it because of uh travel issues um so hopefully we can deal with that shit in the next few months and things open up these truckers are hopefully going to save our lives in that sense but yeah like what can you give us i know that um 50 shades um i couldn't find the message that you sent me 50 but um i don't know how you guys want to open up into it but give us some detail on the origin of these unplugging stories like some of the good ones well um i you know you kind of know my age i'm the same age as yourself I never thought I would be learning from kids in their mid twenties. And there was a couple of guys there who were, you know, mid twenties and they just imparted some wisdom that took me 20 years to get to Like one kid who was, you know, he was at his wits end and he was 48 hours away from, you know, a permanent solution. And at the he time came... that you guys were there, like he was, 48 no, hours no, from... no, or no, was... this was last year. Okay. Two, yeah. Two years ago, whatever. And he, um, he came across one of your videos and he watched it and he just a switch went off but he said you know he said when we as men lose our temper we yell or we shout we're told we have problems we need to go in and get it fixed when she does it he said 
oh, she needs to vent. She's having a bad time. It's mm-hmm. there's just a, and that hit me like a ton of bricks. And then one of the other kids who like this, this, this other young man, same age, when he first arrived at, at, at this event and, you know, Jack Donovan, get a tribe of men. Mm-hmm. Within within forty eight hours of him and around a tribe of guys, his body language changed. I just looked at him and I said, "Your body language has completely changed." He's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "You're laid back. Your shoulders are more back. You're chilled out." You know, he 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 just grew in confidence, been around men, and he also said to me, he "said You know, the reason I joined Richard Cooper's group is he said because Richard doesn't need people to join." You know, and I I, I said, "Wow!" I said, "That makes a lot of sense." I said, "That's kind of the same reason I joined it as well as because." You know, I wasn't begged to join it. It was like, yeah, if you want to get in, get in. But- it's actually, yeah, it's actually pretty rare that I'll invite somebody to join. I think, I think Moff and maybe one or two others have shown up in my uh, podcast before where I was like, you know, by the end of the conversation, I was like, dude, you know, you really need to get into this group and, you know, network with these guys. And it's always been a good call. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't actively, you know, solicit it. It's very rare that I do. And you, you'll you'll get guys, you, you know, no matter how bad you think it is, there's always guys out there worse. And when you see guys pull through stuff, that's just jaw dropping. You're like, wow. And again, I, I trace everything back to, you know, Jack Donovan's way of men and the whole theory of having having a tribe and having people to hold you accountable as well. You know, it's you're not going to get uh, anything sugarcoated. You'll get told. Yeah, that, that's fuck, uh... fuck up. Yeah, that book, by the way, it's on its 10-year anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw Jack post about it the other day. But um, are you guys all familiar with The Way of Men? I know yes. Moff is. He's, oh, yeah. he's mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, there's some people that take issue with his personal lifestyle choices, but, I mean, you can't you can't argue with the content that's in the book. I mean, you know, when you put men together in a room and they have a vision and a purpose together, um it's going to sound, you know, hokey pokey, but magic shit kind of happens, you know, for being honest. Um, what what was your big takeaway that uh, weekend in Nashville, Moff? You're still going to have guys who are going to butt heads. You know, it's not just all like sitting around and, and singing Kumbaya and we're all, you know, singing around the campfire and crying and hugging at the end of it. You're going to have some guys that still need some level of calibration. You're going to have some guys that are a little more terse. You're going to have some guys that are a little more laid back. Um and there was some definite holding accountable and but there was also a lot of guys that are seeing eye to eye i mean big takeaways how how important this stuff really is and how many lives it really does save uh and and to 50's point yeah it was it was humbling having young kids in the room that have been through stuff like that um but it's also your relationships with these guys completely changes once you actually get in the room you know, it's one thing to be able to connect in the community and connect online and being able to do Zoom calls and stuff like this. But you really get to see who somebody is, the way they carry themselves, the way they act when they're in a room of guys or where they're you know, in person. Because you can't really hide behind that anymore. You can't hide behind an avatar. You can't hide behind a screen. Uh, you've got to be you know, yourself and show up. And guys are going to test you. And, and there's guys that have gotten good enough now in the group of making inferences about you, about your personality, what you're bringing to the table, if you're sincere and legit in what you're offering or what you're trying to get out of this. So uh, it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's, it's a crucible 
But if you come with the right attitude and with the right tools, ready to contribute uh, and ready to give value as easily as you take value, it's it'll be one of the best experiences you'll you'll be a part of. One of my buddies, um, he used to run conferences with the exception of the last two years. I think he's getting back into it this year, but he always used to wear this T-shirt to the conference when he was setting up and it said, no pressure, no diamonds, right? Because that's what, you know, beauty kind of, you know, flourishes from. That's where you get those uh, new events, those epochs, the growth. Um, there's another um, guy that I've worked with before, uh, Colin Collard. He's out from, from Alberta and he used to, I think he still runs it under the Fireweed brand, but he was telling us a story about why he call, called the company Fireweed because basically when you have these like massive forest fires that like clear out like acres of, of land, the first thing that comes out is a plant called a fireweed, right? And it's like, you know, all these things rise from the ashes. Like everybody's got a Batman origin story, right? Like I've I've seen... Like I've lost count of the emails and the DMs and everything that I've got from guys. I mean, like the one that stood out to me the most that like made me well up and sort of tear a little bit was that Mexican um, veterinarian guy that uh, basically loaded up a um, horse tranquilizer dart. And he was like, that's it. I'm done. You know, marriage didn't work out. Everything went sideways. And he was telling me, you know, he saw this uh, computer screen across from his office and it, and it's, and it had a YouTube video on it about hypergamy and it was um a video that i put out so he went and watched it um and then there was a long story after that and he wrote a letter to me and rollo about it but yeah like there's a there's a lot of guys out there that that um you know they hit rock bottom and sometimes they keep going a little bit further down you know sometimes you dig yourself a little bit of a deeper hole before you can get out of it but climbing your you know climbing your way out of the hole is a it's a pretty big event What's interesting and fascinating to me about um, hearing a lot of people's stories and a lot of the people, a lot of people that I've worked with and just seeing people in the community, right, as well, is that a lot of us have, right, the same end objective or kind of the end goal, but there's a whole multitude of different pathways that guys find very creatively. And that's the thing that constantly surprised me, surprised me a lot, is just seeing all these very different pathways that people take to kind of get to that same destination, that exact same route. Mm. Yeah, it's also it's also street. nice hang, hanging out with like 30 guys you just roll into a bar and you're all in suits like mm -hmm. any individual guy in the group is the highest quality guy in the bar when there's 30 of us and you know they got your back um we did have a couple altercations which we got on these guys' asses very quickly about that because for me i don't do drama and i realized i had a lot of patience with guys in the group but they're there were a couple of times there were groups of girls like, Hey, this guy's creeping me out. This guy touched me a weird way or just uh, nothing aggressive, but just lack of social cues. So we we're able to correct behavior in real time as we saw it unfolding, which is really nice. But I think uh, in, in a bar scene, like, especially where, like a lot of guys are drunk, I think uh, sometimes, cause I've had this happen. Um, I've told the story of, I went to a bachelor party years ago in Vegas with my brother and a bunch of his Marine brothers. Well, when you have that group of guys, uh, it's a little easier to run your mouth sometimes. So I think we, we had to we had to do some behavior correction a bit. But it's it really is nice just walking around with a giant mob of guys dressed in suits. We're all drinking old fashioned, smoking cigars, having a good time, joking. And we we called everyone's attention. We got the kind of attention with our group the way that most girls that go out single bachelorette party, 21 run, whatever, are looking to get attention. So our presence was definitely felt. It was definitely known. Absolutely. Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, one thing I was uh, that I picked up from 50 that I kind of want to point out is that a lot of guys, you know, we look at those, the, the worst stories out there, the guys who have been through the most, been through the hardest things, you know, guys having, you know, gone through physical abuse, 
you know, emotional abuse, um, sexual abuse at times, right? Guys who grew up in really shitty situations. And it's easy to look at guys like that and say, wow, like that man had it so hard. Like I'm so impressed by how far he's come. And those are heroic stories. Don't get me wrong. But I think that as men, we also tend to minimize what we've been through. It's very easy to, to miss all the small things that beat us down day after day. Because mm-hmm. in the end of the day, like death by a thousand cuts is still death, right? <laughs> and there's a lot of guys who will say, oh, well, my life wasn't as hard as this person's was. Like nobody's beaten me when I was a kid. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with me, you know, and they minimize what they have been through until they start looking around and start digging into it and realizing how bad things really were and how much of an impact it's really had on us. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing that I think gets missed a lot in the space is that everybody's coming here because there's something wrong that they can't figure out. They're looking for answers. They're looking to improve. They're looking for a way up out of the darkness that they're in. They're looking for solutions. They're looking for solutions. solutions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't matter how you got in that dark place. It doesn't matter why things aren't working out for you or what it is. that's not working out for you. It's not working out for a reason. You shouldn't beat yourself up because somebody else has it worse. You shouldn't minimize the fact that you're in the worst in that bad place that you're in right now. Shouldn't minimize the fact that you're in the darkness. Like you're you're there. Whether however you got there, no matter how hard somebody else's story was compared to yours, doesn't matter. You're there. But the point something is interesting that, there, Ryan. Go my ahead. Grandfather used to say all the time. He used to say, uh, "Doesn't matter how how shitty your life is or how bad you think things are going. There's always somebody out there that's got it worse, and they and they'd love to trade their life for yours." Exactly. Exactly. And if you sit there and you keep comparing yourself to people who had it worse and saying, "Oh, well, mine's not that bad," you're you're gonna ignore how bad things are for you. I've seen a lot of guys deal with shit for way too long that they shouldn't because it's not as bad as somebody else was. Turn up your volume a little bit, Um, Ryan, you're a little low on the... I should probably add, though, Ryan, not to interrupt you, but what identifies us as men is not what we have been through and what kind of victims that we are. It's how you overcome those adversities that makes you who you are. Right. That's 100% true, um, but every guy is on his own journey. And I think that one thing that, that happens a lot is we say, Our, my life wasn't as bad as that person, so my life isn't that bad. And then we're ignoring exactly how, how bad yours has got, right? You kind of have to be able to own that you are in a bad place, even if you didn't go through the worst of the worst to get there. Mm-hmm. I but agree. I mean, yeah. you, you do have to analyze what has come past and have compassion on yourself. But in the end of the day, everybody has a sob story, and we can both be right at the same time. Everybody has a sob story. What I want to hear is your story of the redemption and triumphant. Yeah, I, um, Ryan, if, if I could jump in there, I think you kind of at that point kind of hit home at me because Moff and the rest of the guys will testify. I My origin story, I sat in front of everybody and I said, no, I'm cool. My life's been great. And I think relative to a lot of the guys there, yeah, it has. But looking back now and just subconsciously after going through stuff, what Ryan said, I was using eating and drinking as a crutch for five years straight. And I was I was drinking too much and I was eating too much. And as I said, you know, I'm, I'm 20 lighter than I was two years ago. And that's because I finally was able to get pleasure out of life and not pleasure from calories and alcohol. So thanks, Ryan. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Well, and like, my life hasn't been bad. Like, nobody was beating me as a kid, nothing like that. I grew up in a fairly middle-class, Midwest, white boy kind of home. And yet I was a complete, complete mess up until last year. You know, I was like near that, near that permanent solution for years and years and years. Hadn't really recognized it. Hadn't really thought I was that close. But yeah, that's where I was at. 
and it took going through some serious uh, events last year and doing some heavy work and doing some plant medicine and doing things like that before that finally came to light to where I could actually deal with it. Because I didn't think that my life was that bad. You know, I'm sitting here making six figures, dating women half my age. My life should be good. But it wasn't compared to where I should be. And it wasn't compared to, you know, it wasn't nearly as good as it should have been. Are you guys all familiar with uh, Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Extremely. Have you guys seen Finding Joe? No. No, no. There's um, there's a video that kind of distills, you know, the entire concept down into like a hour, like hour and twenty minute long uh, film. Um, those of you that are watching it right now, it's probably worth grabbing it. You can, I think you can either download it or rent it on a certain site. Just search for Finding Joe, um, if you're not familiar with it. But basically, the hero's journey is this like storyline arc, and it's like you know. It's, it's basically the same story that's used for every Hollywood superhero movie. Like Superman's got kryptonite, uh, you know, so-and-so's got his arch nemesis sort of thing. It's essentially the same storyline. And it, it's, it's out there that much because it works, right? It's because it, it really resonates with people. And it's a story that's been told for hundreds, uh, thousands of years even. Um, yeah. It's, it's a book ancient he story. wrote. It's a yeah. book he wrote called The Thousand Faces of the Hero, in yeah. which he dates back to Siddhartha, uh, the Buddha, the story of Jesus, and also various uh, Mayan and Indian fairy tales, as, as well as Disney fairy tales, what all these heroes happen to have in common. There's yeah, like you could even go back to Disney stuff and you could find That's out right. um, Hero's Journey and something and Star like Frozen. Wars, for that yeah. matter. The Star Wars, too. Luke yeah. Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, you know, to the point that Ryan was making, um, you know, with the hero's journey and like doing some self-work and some self, self-reflection, self like there's a lot that you can do with it. There's there's really a lot that you can do with it. I mean, there's uh, there's stuff that we're talking about uh, privately, you know, within the group that we're not going to talk about here publicly simply because of the nature of it. But going on a hero's trip, um, you know, can take you into an area that really ex like shines a light on, on some stuff that you need to work on. A lot of darkness, you know, that guys need to lean into. And it's like, you know... You can either choose to em embrace it and lean into it and do some work with it, or you can shy away from it or cry about it and sulk about it sort of thing, right? Like there's any number of ways that you can approach it, but I think really tackling it head on and, you know, rather than doing something foolish like setting a date and taking permanent steps to a temporary problem in your life, there's a lot more work that can be done. And, you know, being around guys that can hold you accountable that are that are willing to walk you through that path is always good, you know, along with the partying aspect of it too, that you guys got to do in Nashville. How were the, um, how were the nightclubs and everything there, by the way? Like, was it like, last time I was there was about three years ago. I was on a rally and we were only there for one night, but it was a good night. I mean, there's a lot, of, like there's a nice strip there that's that's got loads of like live bands Probably. and everything. Yeah. Yeah, we well, spent the whole I, time there, just about. I, yeah, it was a good time. I fell asleep to all the live country music and then I woke up a racer. <laughs> you fell asleep to the country music and woke up what? A racist. <laughs> no, listen, we say, I said to the guys, country songs write themselves. Because what we saw, I saw two women punch each other, cold cock each other at the bar. I saw guys get tossed out. Um, there was the jacked up diesel pickup parked outside. And there was the 27-year-old who was in town partying because her divorced husband knocked up the stripper at the local titty joint back home. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was a caricature, but it was brilliant. The, the music there was just off the hook. Yeah. Did they it's still have those um, electric scooters parked everywhere? 
I only saw a handful. There wasn't entire blocks of them like there used to be in California West Coast cities, yeah. but there, there's a couple of them every now and then. Okay. You were about to say I've something? Noticed, yeah, I've noticed cities like Nashville. It's kind of like a city like Vegas or Miami or California places where people go there to have a good time but also show up on their worst behavior. So a lot of the younger guys in the group that were – a lot of them say that maybe they're not the best at game, but I noticed going out with these guys. Uh, Moff and I are real good about this. Um, I know other guys in the group are too in terms of just going out and circulating and working the room with some of the guys that aren't as experienced. And a lot of what I noticed is that it's not lack of game. It's not necessarily lack of confidence with girls. Yeah, that's there. But a lot of times it's just lack of social, social calibration. Mm-hmm. Like one guy, I'm like, Hey, you're coming in too hard, too fast. Like you're right up in my face. Like I, I'm feeling standoffish when you talk to me and you're my bro. So you can't be coming in with girls like that because I've had three of them tell me now that you're doing precisely that. So to do the course correction is nice, but also, a lot of the people there, like you got, you got some trashy people. I mean, you got some trashy girls there too. So, um, seeing, for, especially for a lot of the newer guys, that's a part of the game you don't really get on these YouTube videos. Like when I talk about stuff and Moff talks about stuff, like, hey, what if you're just in a place where everyone's a piece of trash? Like, how how do you go about this? Um, the girls, you dr- go the home drunk and go- go find something else to do. You don't exactly. Yeah. Then you change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that. Yeah, and there's quite a few of us in the group, like a lot of the guys, where we'd say, this isn't really our scene, like the bar scene. Like, I'm not really a bar guy or, like, going out yeah. or whatever guy, although I like that music. But to a lot of the younger guys, um, the part that I really enjoyed was being able to work with them and get around and then just watch how they socially interact and literally in real time just correct correct behavior. And you see the results immediately from the guy that doesn't know how to open a set of girls to every time I turn around, he's got his phone out exchanging numbers again in the course of a half an hour, an hour of just making mm-hmm. some minor behavioral corrections. So I think that's valuable too on the, on the party side, uh, on the fun side. But as you can tell, when we're, when we get back, like half of us lose our voices, that must be all the cigar smoking. Yeah. Part of that is the, um, you know, the behavior that you're describing. I used to call that the, uh, interrogator. I had this friend that I used to go to the clubs with and he was like, hardcore interrogator dude like he used to just like get in chicks faces so what do you do where do you live what kind of car do you drive oh yeah it's like just like dude fucking slow down man like turn off the afterburners and just relax a little bit but yeah there's yeah there's always some calibration that's needed we got two good singers in the group as well i won't give away their names but there's a couple of guys in this group that got up and sang and blew me away oh and, really you guys got um, some yeah karaoke? yeah one of one of them is a beard and he's been around for about a year that's the hint i'll give you all right but yeah and uh, but listen we okay we gave the stereotype of nashville we saw a bit of that but there's also the really really classy blues country bars where someone sounded like chris stapleton guys ripping guitar solos and uh, you know you're just chilled and you're you're amazed watching this talent or hearing this voice mm-hmm. and yeah we, we we all have a laugh at the stereotype but it's 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 not all that and some of us just sat in awe of some of the music that we saw yeah, and and every thing. place has music, and they're all oh, good. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the, the architecture too. There's some places we walked into, like we're, we're in a hurry. We had a pretty tight schedule. You're trying to meet guys and traveling anywhere with a group of thirty guys. Like this group has it together, but still, you're we we spend a lot of time in transitional spaces. But there's a few times where I had to stop and be like, okay, look up, and like the, the architecture is just amazing out there. Like that old, like that old culture, um, mm-hmm. which we don't get on the West coast. A lot of the cities on the West coast are not barely a hundred years old, but you, you go down to like the old South and you're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Why'd you guys go with Nashville? It was between that and Vegas. 
we thought it would go a little kind of a similar experience and go a little farther than than that um mm. i had never been and it was also a combination with uh one of the guys birthdays in the group too so it was kind of two birds with one stone kind of deal but the quick the quick story about that get on stage and sing it man like anything can be bought everything has its price and i went up to the guy the bass player and like, hey, man, do you guys like guys drop in and do guest songs, guest spots, whatever? And these are guys that – these are like legit bands. This is not karaoke. These guys have standing contracts with a lot of these live music venues. They've worked very hard to get. And he goes, yeah, not really. Only guys that we know. And I was like, 100 bucks. He's like, all right, you can come up. What do you want to say? So yeah. everything's got a price, man. And also, uh, what do we say? Like, never, never let an opportunity to demonstrate your talents go wasted. So what'd you sing? Ah, oh, we're not gonna talk about that. But <laughs> come on, man! You lead no, up to talk about that after the show. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, we'll we'll see in the forum. There, there's a video, I believe. Oh, yeah. oh is there a video? <laughs> hmm. Okay, the, I haven't the seen the video yet. Then the bands literally have their Venmo address up on stage, and they have their phones. The lead singer, you can Venmo them a request, and they'll 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 jump on it straight away. I see. And you can be guaranteed it'll be a great cover. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I got that person the happy birthday song on the first night, Thursday. Mm, You're welcome. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot I'm of sure really cool There's more to that story than just that by the smile on Moff's face. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of really great cities to go to the States for to hang out and party. It's got a great culture and stuff like that. We did Miami back last year, what, in November and beginning of November. Nashville is definitely one of them. You yeah. know, you got places like uh, Vegas, you got places like Austin and Dallas that are great. Um, all over the states. So there's all kinds of great places we can end up going. And that's one of the things that I love about this group and about other groups in the space that are that are focused on guys is we actually take the time to get together and hang out together in person and spend that time to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Now, you were talking earlier about how there's just no substitute for, for in person. and We've lost a lot of that over the past two years for obvious reasons. But man, there's just no substitute for being able to hang out with guys and just have long conversations about whatever. One of the best times I had in Miami was being able to hang out in the cigar club there for like three or four or five hours with a bunch of guys just talking about everything under the sun. It was great times. Nashville was open. Was there any restrictions? Any masking? Any nope, uh, no mask. nothing like like limits? I mean, whoever the, is the wearing it's the good old South. California. None wide open. Eh? Mm-hmm. I saw two Hoover. people with masks on. Yeah, they probably yeah, had I, short green hair too. I bet probably, uh, and they yeah, might have been out of New York. Yeah, you'd order an Uber and it would say mask required, and you got you got in the car and the driver didn't even have one. So it is one of those towns. Like yeah. half the airport staff didn't have them. To Ryan's point, really quick, there's you know some of the best times I had in Miami. I think other guys can echo this too. And in Nashville, was just hanging around, sitting in, like Ryan mentioned, sitting around, hanging out with the guys, talking shop. And it's your conversations when you're in the room with with elevated and. I don't want to use high level guys because the way that term has been bastardized in this space for years now, but guys that are on a different plane and you're not just sitting here. I don't think we even talk. The Super Bowl is this coming weekend. We didn't talk about it once. And it's the biggest media slash sporting event in the entire world. And what is Super Bowl, Moff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have no um, idea who's even in it. So, so much sports I watch. The conversations we're having whether it's about business or life or family or relationships and kids or girls, uh, that's where so much of the value comes from. You know, it's perfect that we had some, a, some sort of a, a agenda or some optional events guys could attend and do, whether that's dinner or cigar bar or coffee and networking, et cetera. But 
guys are sort of free to do what they please. And a lot of the best times I had, I think other guys had just came from talking to guys and just having conversations that were on sort of a higher plane. Yeah. Do you guys do anything to compete? Do you guys do any uh, fighting, striking, rolling, like anything like that? Do you schedule any of that in? A couple of the guys went to the to the MMA gym. One guy actually <laughs> had a little bit of a, an injury, <laughs> but he'll be back on the men soon. Um, mm-hmm. We did a lot of that more in Miami because we had a lot more space. I worked some pad work and some some striking with some of the guys. Ryan did some. Jaron did some. Um, but just because of the amount of space and where we had uh, and a lot of the other stuff we had going on, it's hard to wrangle. But we'll 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 work hard to make sure that's included in mm-hmm. part of going forward. Yeah, five of, five of us also went to the Franklin battlefield, and this is when the Confederates uh, were trying to take back Nashville uh, when their supplies were cut off by the ocean. Uh, about 12,000 Confederate soldiers perished, most of them hand-to-hand combat, by the way, really? and about 600 Union soldiers died uh, within a very small space. It was just around the Porter house. The Porter family, 19 of them hung out in the basement for almost 12 hours, uh, listening to the carnage upstairs. Uh, At the end of that tour, uh, the five of us went up to the office house where there was a side of the wall that were just full of bullet holes. And you can see it in the dark, like the starry night, okay, in the middle of the night. And there was just stars staring back at you. And there were all these tourists taking pictures. Uh, I, for one, did not take a picture or a selfie uh, because I have been in Auschwitz and that is not a place you want to take a selfie and neither is a battlefield like that. But I think a lot of people lose perspective because we're, we've been so peaceful for so long. Mm-hmm. Something like that could happen to every one of us anytime. And uh, I think it will happen soon. Uh, yeah, it's on interesting top of that, that you mentioned that. Good. Yeah, on top of that, um, I have a secret foodies club so there were five of us six of us uh that went to the best restaurant in nashville on one of the nights so that was great i yeah. buttered up the uh metro d pretty well so we got the nicest view from the 37th floor that overlooked downtown nashville and uh it was better steak than thursday night let's just put it that way hmm. and right. speaking of food charles I, <laughs> and this is this is this is part of our group again because you know we, we all show each other skills uh, I get home today and I'm getting DMs. What's the best type of cookware to buy for the kitchen? All oh, the stuff I got is crap. Um, you know, I, I'm getting asked recipes because, you know, you show people how to do stuff at these houses we go to and, and people learn. And mm-hmm. another one of the guys bought a kit for making old fashions. He had a kit for smoking the glass, for doing all that. And, you know, as we said, that's going to be our, uh, our unofficial drink. And, you know, we all learn something from, from each other. I've got um, I got the join link I'm going to post in the YouTube. So if there's anyone that wants to hop in and ask a question of the panel, um, that'll be there. It'll be pinned towards the top. But um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of like, you know, chop it up with you guys tonight on the um, weekend and, you know, try to get some of those origin stories out there. Um, We've got to be mindful of people's privacy, of course. So but yeah, it sounds like there was a lot of um, a lot of the big ahas that uh, happened especially with some of the newer guys. I mean, we were on a Zoom call earlier on this afternoon. Um, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's uh, he was there, and I was pleased to see that he made it there, and there was some good feedback. Uh, 50 knows who I'm talking about. Um, 
What else you guys got for me on this uh, event, on this origin story event? It's, it, go for it. No, I, I just want to say, it, uh, you know, to, you know, uh, publicly thank Ma for it. It's very hard to do. You got to, you know, you got to herd, herd kittens and everyone's got to say their piece. And some of us go over. And I think it's it's just been a real good um, it's, it's been a real good learning experience. Um, and, you know, just just listening to guys say how they came across, what they've learned uh, what what essentially what their origin story is it's it's a real good feature and it's, it was a real good idea moff we got a question in the chat uh sperling's asking about when the next one will be i don't know if that's sterling or sperling i can't tell by the picture it looks like sperling it's sperling sperling it's not yeah. sterling that's for sure um no. there's probably going to be one here in the spring that i'm going to facilitate again larger scale to what i did a couple weeks ago up at Halliburton, um, those that are, that are in the community know what know what that's about. Um, did you guys plan out the next one, like the next meetups in a couple months' time? Or I think, I think we have tentative talks. I think the goal is going to try to do one per quarter. Mm -hmm. um, we're still trying to work out the kinks of logistics about who's planning what, responsibility, whether we're going to. Uh, elect some guys to be in charge of it and maybe they're going to take some sort of commission or there's been talks about uh using our connections to hire maybe a travel agent so it's it's kind of in the works i do know that there's an appetite for more of a uh sort of backwoods rural type experience as opposed to just a big city big party because we've got some guys too that are also you know got big uh plots of land with cabins and atvs and and want to shoot guns and learn how to build fires and that kind of stuff too so We'd be remiss if we didn't include uh, those kinds of things where guys can come and learn skills that they maybe didn't learn growing up about roughing it, you know, living off the land, that kind of stuff. Well, I was talking to Rich Graham a couple months ago. That's the retired Navy SEAL down in Florida. Um, he's got a ranch down there, and he and he trains um, like pretty much every aspect of uh, combat, firearms, short-range handguns, you know, long-range with uh, sniper rifles, hand-to-hand -hand combat, all that sort of stuff. So... Um, I think he, I think he only sleeps 10 right now, but he's got a cabin that he's building this summer, which will sleep another 20. Um, so there's a few other options out there, but yeah, definitely, definitely getting out there and getting in the, um, you know, getting in the dirt needs to be added to the roster aside from, uh, getting, getting dressed all fancy and going yeah. out to the, uh, well, there's also been a steak, right? There's also been some uh, regional activity. Um, I unfortunately couldn't make the this last meetup in Nashville due to a scheduling conflict, but um, several of the guys, especially through the forums, we've actually been connecting and have had a couple meetups out here actually with a couple of guys in, in LA. Nice. Um, and then one of them through half a stance where I was uh, going to visit my friend uh, in his building. And this guy stops like, dude, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I've, I've never met you. And he's like, but you're on like Rich Cooper's channel the other night. I was like, oh, yeah, great. So you know, just running into people uh, kind of all over the place. So it's been it's been quite pretty wild. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris, where's my cursor? Chris, um, if you're having a hard time, send me an email on the about page, and I'll connect you with uh, the administrator that can get your um, login working again if it's if it's not uh, working out for you right now. Um, what else we got going on, gentlemen? Um, we were talking about the retreat stuff can you guys travel outside of the u.s like are you able to get out of the states even if you don't have the jab 
or do you have to have the jab to get out of the states? Depends on where you're going. I think so. It yeah. Depends on the country. Like, like I go to going. Mexico, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say like Mexico, Mexico for yeah. example, because Jaron's there, right? El like, Salvador. Yeah. Yeah. Is it yeah. easy to fly into Mexico from the United States, even if you're not jabbed? Oh yeah, not a problem. Yeah. And then you strange. can get back just fine too. Uh yeah, you need a you need a test, but at the airports down there, it's like thirty bucks, and it takes fifteen minutes. So you do the little instant test, and yeah, you get right on the plane. Mm. Yeah, most people yeah, have uh, guaranteed negative tests down there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, 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 I mean, no, no, you, yeah, no. you can buy you can buy a negative test too, obviously. But, yeah. Are you guys getting convoy action down in the states, like uh, DC? Like, is that getting clogged up with trucks yet, or no? Yet. There's definitely uh, some talk about it, but I have, they haven't actually put it in place yet. That, they haven't pulled the trigger on something like that yet. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it if it uh, pops off that way. But a lot of the states here are starting to remove a lot of the restrictions. Yeah, hadn't already. Like Texas, yeah. there is no restrictions down here. Florida, there's no restrictions. But a lot of the other states are starting to remove a lot of the restrictions they used to have and a lot of the mandates that they used to have. So I don't know that it's actually going to happen. I'm really curious to see whenever they start removing the FAA restrictions on flights because I'd really like to be able to fly without having to wear a freaking mask. That's what kills um, my throat. throat. Breathing, yeah. breathing in the back of my own mouth. It's ridiculous. Yep. You guys, you guys remember when we started taking our shoes off? That was yeah. 20 years, 20 years ago. ago. Your mask is never going to go away in the airports. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's... A little bit of a different story for that one. But yes, no, it's, I don't see. Oh, some, some major event has to happen for any of that shit to change. Not if we charter our own plane, Charles. There All right, then. Go, go ahead and buy a $76 million Gulfstream. I will be I, your friend. I'll I said charter. What does it cost to get a 30-seat private jet? It's about seventy million to start with. I no, know no, no, not, to, not to buy, but to charter. Yeah, De- depends. I mean, I, I know some jets that are a little bit more affordable than that. I've, I've done quite a bit yeah, of work. No, we're, we're talking about, and these are guys I know. You know, yeah. <laughs> they tell I'm me. actually googling this shit right now. Uh, was. With that's one thing I was going to mention that's a good part of the trip that I enjoy too is a lot of guys in the group they have they have networks they have resources they have there's a lot of high level skill sets that are outside of even things we talk about in the private forum mm-hmm. so when you're together like I had a lot of guys come to me like oh hey you live so and so or oh you, you mentioned that you went to this place once or you might know this person can you give me a take on this from in this situation and I had those same questions for people too like hey I'm at this point in my journey in this vertical of my life I'm looking for this answer I think I'm up against a wall I might be stuck and then guys that have been successful in those arenas of their lives can literally just remove the blinders instantly and be like oh here's what you should try to do did you try that and they ask really really good questions um, which helps you break through other areas of your life too so I think that's one of the additional uh, amongst many beneficial factors of these groups and then also there's guys that were local to Nashville that could hook stuff up Uh, they had Charles mentioned he had private memberships or connections or go to go to this bar and go to this alley and come in this door and then you're given just the the top tier experience because there's guys established in the the cities we go to also which is really nice because if i had gone there by myself yeah i'd have a good time but i don't have the collective resources of 30 guys that have all have interesting backgrounds but are all high high caliber guys too looks like the price point's about five thousand dollars per flying hour so if you have a three or four hour flight that can cost you 15 to 20 grand for the rental uh, Rich, it, it's your call, but we, we did get comped a bunch of cigars down in Nashville. If you want to plug the cigar company, he, he came around to the house and gave us a few hundred dollars. Um, his name is Atomic Cigars, and he does custom cigars. And he, he brought a whole bunch around to the house just because he saw on Instagram that, you know, Rich Cooper's 1% were headed to Nashville. 
So he he, he came Shout around and Jason, man, yeah, Jason from yeah. Thomas, he hand rolled them, came and hand delivered them to the house. Really? So he just wanted to do right by us, and yeah, good guy, man. He was very, he hung out for nice. about hung out for about an hour, shared his story. Uh, good dude. Good, yeah. No, it's always sweet when you get like a DM or a call from somebody locally that's like, "Hey, man, you know, let me uh, let me take care of this for you, or let me hook you up with this, you know, if you're in town." So, um, yeah, it's it's always good to have a network. It it always pays off, you know, along yes, the way. Yes, it does. Um, I got a couple guys in here that are waiting to hop in, and it looks like ask a question. You guys want to start taking a few questions from the viewers? Yeah, this part's fun. I think this part's entertaining. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me grab Tyler here first. All right, Tyler, what do you got for us, buddy? So what I've been finding like recently when I kind of like analyze myself, I find that like there are sometimes like when I go out and I'm doing things, I'll have like intuition say, hey, maybe that's someone I'd like to be friends with. Maybe that's someone I'd like to talk to, but I just don't do it. I'll be like, oh, I have something that I have to attend to that's more important or I'll always like not, I'll find a way to get myself out of it. And I'm kind of asking what are some things that you can like own your own bullshit? Well, the first step in unplugging is being aware of your own bullshit. Second step yeah. is being aware of the bullshit that's around you. So you just have to get to the first step of unplugging, which most, which is t like, honestly, dude, like it's totally fine. Mo most guys never even get there. Like 90% of guys never even get there. So you even asking the question, you know, being, being curious about it is a good start. What do you guys think? I'll throw hey, this Tyler. So, I want to zoom in a little bit. Are you just asking the general question about how to get over your own bullshit or is it more specific to this example yeah. you're giving? Yeah, it is more specific. It's more uh, social based. Like I, I, I would say I'm more uh, anti-social than social. But once I, it's like, it's, it's about people that I don't know and uh, it's opening myself up to new possibilities of making new friends or like it, I'm pretty like... Uh, what, what sort of friends that? are you looking for, Tyler? Like, what do you like? You know, can you be specific? I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as someone to go out with, like bar bros or something. I mean, it's pretty cold here, so there's not a whole lot of things to do uh, besides, like, you know, work out, maybe do indoor things. Mm -hmm. Where do you live? But just uh, Ohio. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to the Super Bowl, Cincinnati, all the way. It's the I, I went here. to school in Athens, okay. by the way. I know how. Oh, it is. Oh, you're coming out to LA. The Super Bowl is going to be in LA, and it's this whole week is going to be this city is it's going to be insane in this city this yeah, week. That's I, all I can I'm say. In, I'm in Cincinnati, and it's going to be probably the biggest year of oh. 30 years. It's it's crazy. But it's it's, it's a good opportunity for you, right? Because everyone's going to be out. The energy is going to be there. It's going to be festive. So you know, I mean, part of right that getting out of your own headspace is sometimes just forcing yourself to go out there. Um, there's a great book. I think it's called uh, The Three-Second Rule. Um, I think it's by Mel Robbins. And so it's basically mm. you trick yourself into there's something you're thinking about doing and you have any doubt or anything about it. You just say three, two, one, go. You just count down three, two, one, and mentally <laughs> you start preparing yourself and you just go for it. Um, it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend that you read it and check it out. Um, that is a very, very good book to help you make that transitional step from thinking about things to action. It's either called the three second rule or the five second rule, but basically mm -hmm. you mentally do a countdown and then you just go for it um, no matter what. And that will give you the good training um, in preparing your mental state to kind of get out of your own mental block. Cause when you instantly start counting down, 
subconsciously yeah. you start preparing yourself for action rather than just sitting there and going like, well, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. And then 20 minutes later, you haven't done anything. Yeah. And, and One I thing, think that's excellent right there. I have a question to go on top of that. Let me, so, let me step in for just a second before that though, because the, the, the thing is that you're okay. doing this for a reason. Like, okay. I always look for like what's going on underneath. And in general, when you're constantly in a situation where you're not approaching people, not making connections, you're not allowing yourself to actually be seen by other people. You're basically hiding from the world. Right. You're hiding who you are from the world. Right. You're not allowing anybody to see you. You're not allowing yourself to connect. So the question you have to ask yourself is, why do I feel like I have to hide? What's wrong with me? Right. Or why do I not feel like I have any value? Because it's that whole idea of if they see me, they're going to judge me poorly. Mm -hmm. It's that whole idea of like, I don't have something to offer. So if you look into that and figure out why that's there and actually show yourself why you do have value and why there, you do have things to offer, like, Troy, Troy Fancy uses this example a lot of like, okay, if you've got a check for a million dollars in your hand, are you going to have any fear, any worry at all going up and handing that somebody and making their day? No, right? You're going to be giving somebody something that's incredibly valuable, a million bucks, no fear. There's no reason I, to be I worried about what's going on. I don't, right? I don't buy what you just said uh, personally. Uh, well, because it's not a feeling, feelings of inadequacy. Okay. There is nothing there. It's honestly all awkwardness. I hate uh, the awkwardness of just like meeting someone for the first time. And it's why? just as soon as like now, why? Um, why does it have to be awkward? How hard is it to walk up and say hello to somebody? No, it, it, it's always awkward. I just think that's something why? you have to accept. It's no. just how it is. When, when you talk to someone that me. you don't know at sure. all, never awkward for you? No. Well, you must have a comfortable fine time. Hold you, Tyler. Mid 20s. Is this the same uh -huh. guy that was like the big Lebowski? Yeah, that's me. That's you. Okay, yeah. Did you read the book yet? Yeah, I've read the book. <laughs> How did that threesome go for you? Uh, did not happen. So. Didn't happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's an episode back, way back in the day. Um, when you're younger, yeah, like I'll, I'll say this. Everybody's a little more awkward when they're younger. They're not as socially calibrated, but I can strike up a conversation pretty much anywhere, anytime, any place now. But I'm I'm older, so I've so I've gotten past the awkward um, phase, and I'm an introvert too. Like I don't really like to talk to crowds of people, right? But um, I mean, like like some of the most interesting conversations that I've had had with random strangers um, was back when we didn't have this like beer bug bullshit going on and you know you could go to the gym and the sauna was still open and big ass wood sauna you sit in there and you're talking to like you know there's sometimes 15 20 guys in there and you're just in there shooting the shit for 15 20 30 minutes right you just have to just you know get comfortable in any environment and, and, and trust me like you're sitting there you know with a towel and half the guys are night naked anyway <laughs> but i mean like even in awkward you know scenarios you've got to be comfortable with hey what's up man you know or if you hear two people you know conversing about something that you're interested in you can kind of like, hey, you know, I heard you guys talking about such and such, and you jump in on the conversation and see where it goes. But it's it's just getting used to it. You know, it's the same thing with cold approaching women. It's the same thing with intimacy. It's the same thing with uh, asking for a raise. It's just going through the motions, you know. Like, that's how you develop a muscle is you pick up heavy shit and you put it down. You just go yeah. through the motions. So you just have to push through it. A skill like everything else, and the more you exercise it, the better you'll get. So the book is actually called Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. So highly recommend checking out that book. Um, I mean, give it a good read or audiobook. Um, there'll yeah. be a 
but I think that'll be very helpful for you. Uh, I want to go back to the question I was going to ask you until I was uh, mm. interrupted. So for the first, you said for the first three seconds, I think that's excellent. Is, is there anything that's like, like just, you know, baby steps to do that? Like, I don't know, maybe, or is yeah, it just any time? There's plenty of exercises in there, right? Where it's like, hey, there's somebody, you know, that you see standing in line and you want to ask them a question about an item in their shopping cart, right? Okay. So, you know, so start with something comes, simple like that. Right. And then the, the book, there's a couple like little <laughs> lists of like exercises that, um, you know, it'll it'll give you as examples to practice. So I said it's a very fantastic one. Um, I've recommended it to a lot of people that I've worked with before. I've incorporated some of that stuff myself because I found myself in situations where, you know, I pause a little bit. I'm like, all right, you know, Five, four, three, two, one, go. And then, yeah, it's it's amazing when sometimes like you that. just kind of go and you don't think it. about it. Yeah. And Tyler, this is more for the longer run. Let's say you're in your early 20s, maybe when you're 25, 26. Think about moving to a different city. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing wrong in having standards. There are just a lot of people around that doesn't meet that standard. And it's okay to move. And think about, you know, just figuring out what kind of people you like, first of all, and you have to know yourself first, right? Mm -hmm. You're never going to find the love of your life or your soulmate unless you know exactly what soul you have in here, right? It's the same idea about making friends. You figure that out and then you do a little bit of research, figure out where those people tend to congregate and then go there. And I would encourage you uh, to you know, kind of get out this week, right? Because you, can, you have a very unique yeah. opportunity with uh, the Super Bowl festivities. So again, like you just, you got a lot of momentum kind of going for you. So like, I'm, it's going to be the same here in my city, right? I'm in Los Angeles. Like every night this week is going to be utter and utter insanity. So um, you know, again, go kind of go with the flow yeah. and put yourself out there. And who knows, you might wind up with a tribe of like, you know, 15 new best friends uh, you know, after this week. And like one of the quick thing real fast is like, just be curious about people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're yeah. just curious about people, there's no awkwardness because all you're going is doing is going up and figuring out who they are. Somebody caught your eye about something great. Go ask them what caught your eye. It's like, hey, I saw you over here. You had that hat. Like, what's up with this hat? Part of the reason why Joe Rogan is is such a popular podcaster is because he has curiosity, right? Like, he gets curious about so many different topics and he'll just, like, dive down rabbit holes with guys, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah, and there's there's some little tricks too to piggyback on a couple of the guys' points. So this weekend, just to clarify some previous statements, like every guy was high class. They're all well behaved and all that stuff. But some people are in different phases of their social development. So it's for so Tyler, you said it. You feel awkward with new people maybe sometimes. And I saw this with other guys. So like little tricks that I would tell them, like if someone catches your eyes, like obviously if it's like an, an IOI, especially like smile at them. Just learn how to smile at someone or extend your hand and immediately, hey, I'm Jaron. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Or the girl will always hold on to your hand and then just be like, Oh, Hey, I see your, you know, I see your hold my hand now. Ha ha ha. Tee hee hee, whatever. And then on to the next dumb thing. But, um, or if someone's looking at you from across the crowd, like wave at them or a couple of guys in the group, um, they're like, Hey, you know, c c come on over, but just be, be having a good time at all times. Even if you're by yourself and Moff and I say this all the time on stereo, like I'm always having a good time. I can stare at a blank wall and just crack myself <laughs> up. It's ridiculous. People think I'm crazy, but I'm not. Yeah. So if I'm doing that and someone walks in my field of vision, like, Oh, Hey, hi, I'm Jaron. What's up? And, uh, they're like, Oh God, who's this guy? And they can feel your energy too. Um, especially in person. Yeah. So this weekend, if you have the opportunity, um, just get really good at talking to people, make them feel good about themselves. 
I, I know a lot of guys in our group, um, even when we went out in these big social situations, it doesn't always have to be girls. It doesn't have to be guys your age. Just anyone you talk to, um, bartender, doorman, uh, Uber driver, just get really good at just having conversation and having mm-hmm. a positive conversation with high energy and high fun, positive energy. And then you, that'll, you, that'll help you out a lot. Could you explore, you said making someone else feel good about themselves. Could you explore that a little bit deeper? Like, Oh yeah, so that's an easy way to go. I mean, right? Where it's yeah. like conversation one on one is people like talking about themselves. Yeah, I mean, if uh, I remember like one time I was at this place and I walked by and this girl was just wearing this very stunning dress and I just walked up to her and I said, "Girl, I don't know who you're trying to impress with that dress, but you're absolutely going to knock them dead." And she completely blushed and we had a it was and that worked out extremely well. But Sam, um, like you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did that a lot this weekend too. Like, like someone would catch my eye and I'm talking like, a, there's a point I was already talking to some other people and someone came in real quick and she came up and asked me a question. I'm like, Oh my, just instant response. Cause it was genuine. Like, Oh my God, you have really beautiful eyes. Like my bad, you know, I don't know. Hey, I'm Jared. Nice to meet you. But it was completely genuine and authentic or uh, someone else came in and, and I was like, wow, I was like, you have really warm, loving energy like i like you just have a good presence to you um so not like like yeah there's simpy type comments where you're like oh my god you're so hot uh, like i'll do anything for you sweetie but not that kind of stuff but genuine comments like hey i can tell you're a good person have you been told that before or am i wrong well what's you gonna say no i'm, I'm a terrible human being <laughs> it's like oh okay yeah, yeah of course tyler tyler sorry to cut across you jaren but tyler e- even if you're just talking to other dudes like i, I went into a really high-end bar restaurant in nashville the first night down there and i was waiting for the guys and i was sitting on my own and i, I sat down and there was a group of serbian businessmen next to me and they were having a raucous time so i just leaned over i says guys can you keep it down i'm trying to get drunk over here and, and they they all cracked up and they were like hey who the hell are you come on over and join us and i just started chatting with them so it's it's like if, if you got to approach anxiety with girls, just go talk to some dudes first, you know. Yeah. And again, you're, start, in a, it's, a, you're it's the perfect time, right? You can see someone with a jersey, like, "Hey, man, go team" or whatever. Like, it's 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 gonna be really easy for you, like uh, this this week. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. See you, buddy. Um. All right. So, what do we got here? We got Christian on. The hook what's up christian oh hang on add to stream there we go hey what do you got for us tonight man hello can you hear me <laughs> oh guys that's just i'm gonna boot you kick from studio if you click the link come in working um, yeah, if you want to do um, hop in on the, the panel, ask a question, it's uh, pinned at the top. Uh, it just says call in and ask a question on the panel. And if you're watching somewhere else, like on uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever, I'll just drop the link here uh, for YouTube. YouTube. I do want to say one thing really quick Good. about that last thing. So, you know, I think it's great to meet people and it's great to go out there and chat up and be social. But, uh, don't let your desire to want to build a group of friends or build a tribe cloud your judgment and keep you from vetting who those guys are. Um, just because we're all in the same 1%, 1% community doesn't mean I agree with every guy in there all the time about every little thing. Just because we have some common interests like the football team we want to watch or you know the places we like to go drink at doesn't necessarily mean I want you in my foxhole when the stuff goes down. So uh, we are naturally skeptical uh, as human beings to be weary of others that are not in our tribe. Uh, 
uh, and we're trying to defend ourselves, the people we care about and our resources. So it's not a problem and it's not a bad idea to take your time when it comes to meeting people. But that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean don't be social and make a uh, effort to try to do so uh, and start building those relationships. But there's no problem and no reason that you should feel bad about taking your time and, and putting people through the ringer when it comes to letting them in your circle and tribe. There's um, there's a lot of guys uh, that like start from the position of, of uh, and there's really no better term to describe it as, other than value leech, right? Like they just show up wanting to take, take, take. And it's like, you need to show up willing to give, you know, willing, willing to contribute, willing to, you know, deliver something of some value to the group, especially if it's a new group, especially if there's like, um, like the way that 50, you know, dealt with the Serbian businessmen, it was <laughs> comical, right? You know, and then they invite him into their circle because, you know, they've got this uh, funny Irish guy, you know, they got, they got a leprechaun in the house and they want to pull him in to see what's up, right? Yeah, and they happen and they happen to work in the exact same field as one of the guys in our group, and I introduced them to them, so now they're talking business. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like being being a connector is a very powerful tool. You know, being able to, being able to introduce people. Um, it's one of the things that James Altucher used to talk about often in his blogs, and I think he mentioned it in several different places in um, at least one or two of his books, but connecting people to um, let them sort of mash up certain ideas and uh, projects together to collaborate on is very, very powerful, man. And they'll always remember you as the person that introduced, you know, those two people. Like one of the things that I always get hit with is like, hey, Rich, you know, this this video really resonated with me. And it's like, I don't I don't even know because I've got, I don't know, a thousand, <laughs> thousand fifty videos on my channel right now. I don't know every single video that I put out, but somebody will have an intimate relationship with that one video. And they're like, that was the connector for me. Like that's what connected the dots sort of thing. It's super powerful. Um, let's see what we got here in the uh, Q and A. We got RG in the house. All right, what do you got for us, buddy? Hey, Rich, how are you? Good, man. Uh, you got a question for so the much. panel tonight? Well, I actually I uh, have a a bit of an ad question. Oh, okay, sorry, I, I hear myself. You bit. probably need to turn down YouTube. Yeah, yeah, on there we go. Your we're good, we're good. <laughs> there you go. Um, so my question: I read your book, and you mentioned something about uh, carrying your phone, and you said you never carry it in your pocket mm -hmm. because of uh, whatever frequencies that emit from it. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious how like how do you carry your phone when you're in public? Uh, I usually either leave it in my car or I'll just keep it in my hand. Like if I'm walking from like the car to a restaurant or something like that, it's in my hand. And then as soon as I get to the restaurant, I just put it down on the table and it's away from me unless I need it for something. Right. Gotcha. Um, the theory behind that is like all these hardcore biohackers um, have conclusively arrived at the same story that the EMF that comes off the phone, the Bluetooth, the cell signal, the Wi-Fi, it disrupts the mitochondria in your body. And most people keep their phone in their back pocket or in the front pocket, so it's close to your balls, right? And that part of your body is very sensitive to EMF. So um, there are companies that have developed silver-lined underwear that you can wear. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit expensive, but I mean, like you can literally buy underwear that's got silver lining. It's essentially like a Faraday cage, but it's just comfortable because it's underwear. And then you can keep the phone in your pocket. It's just 
you know, my theory is I just keep it away from my body. Got it. So in your like, hand. Like even right now, yeah, like, like the phone is from... arms arms length away from my body right now. Yeah. So I mean, I typically just put it in my back pocket, and I thought that would be better than the front pocket, but I guess not. But that's there, that's good a, to know. Um, there's an epidemic of women and like my phone's big because it's a note, but there's an epidemic of women in the gym that would put their phones in their bra tops over here when they were working out. And at some point in the future, a lot of those women develop lymph nodes or breast cancer exactly where they put the cell phone. And that's not a coincidence. It's horrifying. Well, I put my phone as close to my balls because it's cheaper than a vasectomy. <laughs> a vasectomy? Oh, nice. That sounds classy. What it's is nice that, a little Taiwanese little vasectomy? Yes. <laughs> yes. So All they right. give you biscotti afterwards. You got anything else for us, RG? Um, other than that, I just want to say thanks to y'all. And also, happy to see support on the channel for the Canadian truckers. Um, you know, that, that GoFundMe thing really pissed me off. But I'm happy to see some some Bitcoiners fighting it back. I'm really oh, yeah. taking the power back of money. So Yeah, they're not that's done all. yet, Just man. thank you. Thank you. Oh, see, far from that. Bye-bye. Yeah. See what? Yeah, they're not done yet, man. These 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 truckers are holding on tight, and they're actually bringing in reinforcements now. Reinforcements. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, let's throw Bruno into the stream. What's up, Bruno? Uh, hello, guys. I, do, I don't have a question. I have a quick story to tell. <laughs> Uh, about men and the power, uh, what you talked uh, in a second about. That was that was maybe two months ago. I live in Germany, uh, and I was filling up my car late at night, and uh, one guy they they just throw him out of uh, white Mercedes, and he was fucking drunk, you know, and uh, he started talking shit and that everything ran uh, away from him. All my friends they are fucking pussies and so, and I only stayed with him. I told him, okay, where do you live? I can take you in. Uh, I have car, you know, and uh, he he sat in the car. We started talking. I uh, asked him what is uh, lost with you. What what happened uh, with um, other guys? Why did they throw you out of car? And uh, quick story short, he was in a biker club, motor motorcycle club, and right now I'm rolling with them. <laughs> it's fun. It's a funny yeah. story to tell, you know. And we we have so many uh, adventures going on in the last two months or so. I've seen so many women, so many men, uh, so many situations. You know, it's just level up my life. All right. Cool. In the strangest places, it happens. Yeah, Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, you got to be careful sometimes with, with people like that, though, because if you get somebody that's a... Uh... I always tell guys to be cautious with um, things like, you know, people that break the law, Right. Um, there, there's, there's like fringe stuff like speeding, like pretty much everybody speeds, you know, given the opportunity, if there's an open road and they're on a fast vehicle, but you know, things that are, are criminal, you definitely want to be careful with stuff like that. Yeah. Well, with rider groups, you never want to go more than six, six riders at a time. Was that? It won't, it won't stop traffic. And also it's easier to figure out who broke the law. If you have a group more than six, I've done 10, 12, uh, up to about 200 on mm-hmm. one of the distinguished gentlemen's rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will, have, we will have a dozen or two dozens of road captains. Uh, it's out of control. And people commit crimes. They knock over a cyclist. Uh, you don't know who did it. But the whole group gets the bad rap. So 
six people is about as many as I would go with. Mm. And the other thing is also the different levels. Because some groups, they ride vigorously because they're very good. And then there are newbies that, are, that gets left behind and they feel very stressed to catch up. And then they get into accidents, right? So, so you need a small group that you make sure the newbie rides on the front. Yeah, well, we usually keep the supercar um, rallies to smaller groups, 25 to 30. But there's always like 85 cars in total. But we just, you know, you kind of group up in a smaller group. That's a good, uh, you know, metaphor for, you know, just life in general, right? Where yeah. it's, again, you got to be wary of, like, who's in that circle, right? Like, you know, I've had known people before, right? Like, we used to go out, and then it's like, every time we go out with so-and-so, we almost get into a fight, right? Because he's gets off the handle, like, says something to somebody else, or is just looking for that type of thing. It's mm -hmm. like, look, like, you know, we're here trying to be peaceful. Like, we'll we'll back up our group, because that's that's how we, we go. But at the same time, like, we're not looking for unnecessary like confrontations or complications like keep your life as simple as possible yep. if the people in your life help you keep your life as simple as possible that's phenomenal if you got people in your life that are complicating it unnecessarily you might need to reevaluate their place in uh in your life yeah that's very true i mean i always tell you know tell myself and you know sometimes i break this rule but generally speaking it's don't work with retards and don't work with people that work with retards and that'll keep your life pretty simple um ryan what's up buddy you're muted by the way you got you got to take that line out of your microphone bottom of the screen there's a it says mute there you go how's it going give me a second here bottom of the screen. There's a, it says mute. you're gonna have to kill your youtube feed i'm unmuted now yeah all right what do you got for us buddy there you go How's it going? Pretty good. good. TV. I got a question. Um, I was in the military for like 16 years. I have an issue trying to meet other guys that are, uh, you know, not military per se, but just like connecting with them. You don't have any of your boys from, you know, where you're deployed, where you're stationed, everything like that, that you still talk to? Say that again. You don't have any of your boys that, that you know, you're stationed with that you're out on deployment on that you still talk to? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're all in different areas of the country now. Where do you, you live? Know? I live in uh, Chicagoland. Chicagoland, okay. And, and what are you looking for, you know, specifically? You're looking for like-minded guys to do shit with? Yeah, pretty much, you know, go shoot guns, drive cars, you know. Are you a member of a gun range? Yeah. And there's no guys there that you can jam with? Uh, not that I've met. You know, I mean, they kind of intimidated by me sometimes. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know if I'm not, like, approachable or something like that. What do you guys think? Why do you think you're not approachable? Mm, military experience. Well, yeah. the guys at the gun range, a lot of them are either police officers or they were former militaries. I am in a gun range. Why would they be intimidated by your military experiences? By the way, a lot of those folks are also infantry in Iraq. So they shouldn't well, I be. A, I was a little bit more than an infantry. I'll say that. Okay, so you're a higher ranking or you're a green beret. Okay, fine. Still, I mean, if you don't tell them, why would they? You didn't tell them. 
there's something else going on here. Mm. I mean, maybe sometimes, you know, it's the way that, um, you know, if you carry yourself in a very, right, a, like, focused manner, sometimes that puts people off because sometimes, like, all right, this guy's kind of clearly, like, in his own world. He's here to do this thing. So doesn't seem like he's here to like, kind of socialize. It's kind of, um, when I go to the range, I just go to fire. You know what I okay. mean? Just keep the skills up kind of thing. Yeah, maybe like start with striking up a conversation, right, with um, the you know person that you're checking in with, right, when you first go in. Like, you know, just kind of getting those social sort of social juices flowing a little bit. Because uh, if you come in like purely all about business, then people are going to kind of react to you in that way. Yeah. Yeah, let me just say this. I mean, if you're going to show up, I mean, if I show up at the gym, you know, with my headphones on and my hat down <laughs> low and a hoodie on. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to pick up heavy shit, put it down and go. Now you take off the headphones, you take off the gear and the hoodie, you go take a shower, you sit in the sauna, you're in a different environment. Now you're open to talking to people, right? Now there's conversations going on, you know, the music's not blaring, you know, my ears sort of thing. So, I mean, if you're showing up at the range with the intention of just throwing some lead down range and not talking to anybody and you got, you know, your ear protection on the whole time and you can't hear anything you're not going to have an opportunity to strike anything up, right? Same sort of thing with cars. Like, you know, you mentioned cars too. Like, what do you do? You do uh, trucks, muscle cars, supercars. Like, what's your thing? Uh, I have a JDM. I have a muscle car too. Yeah. So, I mean, you like you're part of a club, like a JDM club in uh, Chicagoland? Yeah, I am. And I mean, it's, some, it's a lot of younger guys per se. I'm 40, mm-hmm. so uh, okay. Kind of, you know, meeting, like, guys, like, I don't want to say, like, my level or anything so, like that. So, I mean, like, here's like, the thing with, like, 40 and cars and Renegade will, you know, back me up on this because I know he's a big car guy, too. But it's, like, yeah. at some point, like, I used to drive a Subaru WRX, 2002, bug-eyed, world, world rally blue with a tune, five zigging wheels, big school bus exhaust, you know, boom, boom, shit, right? And it's, like... At 25, 26, that was reasonable. At 30, you're kind of pushing it. Then I moved into German cars, the M3s, you know, the Audi S4s, stuff like that. And then I moved into the supercars, you know, by the time I got in my 40s. So as you get older, usually the toys get more expensive with car clubs. The good thing about that, though, and, you know, I'll say this again, is it's totally worth it. Because, I mean, if you're involved in a supercar club and you do rallies and stuff like that, most of these guys are high-level guys, right? Like, there's no poor you know, incompetent, moronic. I mean, generally speaking, there's there's not a lot of those guys in like the supercar space, right? So, I mean, sometimes you can buy your spot into a room, you know, sort of thing. Like if there's a conference where there's a, a $10,000 price point, you know, to get in to grab a seat, you can bet that, you know, because the room is filled with other, you know, 100 other people that also pay $10,000 to get a seat, you're going to be in a good room. It's kind of like the same concept, you know, buying you know moving away from the jdm cars with the younger crowd into something else so i mean if you like cars you know maybe it's time to promote yourself and you know get something up in a higher caliber and then join a, a better club i mean i've had a zr1 you Ooh, know. okay that's a that's a that's a quite a it's a good machine um or maybe you know even if like right I you love right jdm cars or american muscle cars whatever your jam is i got uh, a 98 camaro z28 that probably makes like 600 horse i got a let me, okay. Ryan. You sound, you sound incredibly bored and aloof being on this conversation right now. 
I mean, no, I'm not bored at all. Well, it's just you're, you're, the way you're talking and the way you're carrying yourself, it sounds like I'm not trying to get on you, but the way I don't, I don't know if you've had a couple of beers or what it is, but I mean, no, I've only had you, two, man. Okay. But what I'm trying to say is this, man. If this general aloofness and sort of this, oh, kind of whatever attitude. It's very hard to get somebody to be interested in talking to you when you're not speaking in a way where you have any conviction or you're not. It doesn't sound like you're really you're like, oh, whatever. I got a couple cars and I shoot some guns and it's all whatever. As opposed to, yeah, man, I do this. I do that. I'm into this. You know, it, there's there's power in the way that you speak about this kind of thing. And I think you know, my, my Ryan on our side was maybe trying to maybe kind of trying about the same thing, but. You know, if, if you and I were striking up a conversation within 30 seconds, I would be like, all right, man, cool. Have a good one. Like, if I can't tell yeah. you about any sort of conviction or you're interested at all in either not even what I'm saying, what you're saying, like, it, it's hard. It's going to be hard for people to connect to you. So, so let me just say this. I mean, I'm a big car guy. I like all cars, right? And if I saw you standing in front of your, I don't know, let's say you got an Integra Type R or something like that, like a 98, you know, like you know, like one of the classics at a parking lot, I would definitely walk up to you. I'd ask you about the car. I'd start talking to you. But if you responded the way that Moff was sort of, you know, describing the way that you kind of deal with conversations at some point, I'd be like, okay, cool, man. Nice meeting you. You know, enjoy your car. I got to bounce sort of thing. Right. Um, I'm not going to invite you to hang out with my boys, you know, with like the way that you're holding out. And I would say one other thing is like, here's, you, you keep on talking about like wanting to find guys that are on your level and thinking that nobody's up there where you're at. Well, it's hard I'm to not like disrespecting like that. You know what I mean? Right. But what I'm saying here is like, if you're walking into the room and you're, you're, you're looking for that, you don't actually know who the hell any of these guys are that are in the room with you. You don't, you don't know anything about them and you haven't actually gone and figured it out. Right. You walk in the room, you're like, Oh, I need to find somebody on my level. I'm not obviously seeing them. So I'm out. Like you got to be actually be out there and be curious about people and figure out who they are. They may very well be living some extremely interesting lives that you want to be a part of. But unless you're curious and unless you give everybody a shot, unless you figure that out and you ask those questions and see who they are and what they really bring, you don't know. You may be playing. You may be sitting there in the gun club with seven billionaires and have no idea. <laughs> you may be sitting in the gun club with like seven guys who are operators at a higher level than you are and have no idea. And you have any, and, and because you're walking around with this idea of like, oh, I want somebody high end and I got to be this and this, that, and the other. Like, no, I'm not looking curious. Like, be curious. It's be curious. Like, honestly, it's probably my, just like being a veteran and stuff, it's hard to trust. So people. am I. Okay. So am I. And I worked until over 23 years. It's not hard to trust. It's honestly not. The question, why do you think it's so hard to trust? Well, I, I mean, you're not trusting on the same, you're not trusting on, sure, you're not trusting on the same level, but you're also not having to freaking dodge bullets on the way to the Walmart, usually, unless you're in Detroit. Um, <laughs> well, I'm in Chicago. <laughs> right, so maybe you got to duck and roll here and there, but like, odds are, like, you're not in that same situation. Normal, everyday life in suburban Chicago does not require the same level of life or death trust as it did while you're overseas in the sandbox. It doesn't. It doesn't. You got to calibrate to that you're not in that world anymore, right? You don't need to trust somebody to the same level to be able to hang out with them and talk cars and grab a beer on the fucking Sunday afternoon like you do if you're in the box. You don't have to wonder whether or not they're going to jump on a grenade or take a bullet for you because that stuff's not going to happen 99.9% .9 of the time. Well, Chicago, of course, accept it. But you know what I mean? <laughs> but you, you, you need to like recalibrate. It's like, okay, it's not life or death situation where you don't have to have that level of trust. You're not going to get it. 
And I understand the frustration of not being able to have that because you're in a normal world again and people don't operate that way. But you're hanging well, out in gun clubs and shooting chart, shooting ranges. You're hanging out in places where other military people are. You're hanging out with other people that are in the police force that have to go into life and death situations. Firemen, for God's sakes, EMT types. You're in that sort of space with people who actually do understand trust on the level that you do. So connect with those folks. I'll say this. I mean, like the gun club guys that I've come across, they're, they're awesome as fuck, right? Like I got, um, I got hit up by this guy, Adam, um, you know, didn't, didn't know him from Adam before I fucking crossed paths with him, but he's like, Hey, you know, I got a mem- you know membership up here. Let's go shoot some, uh, some guns. You know, I know you're into that sort of stuff. Went up, met him for breakfast, sat at a table with a bunch of other old guys, shot the shit, you know, through some lead down range, had some good laughs. We become friends, right? I mean, you have to open yourself up to the opportunities and, uh, you know, you come off a little more closed off. Um, I don't know if arrogance the world word, but I mean, like you come off closed, right? You see what I'm saying? Or like I'm a little bit, it. you're like, you know, like have a little bit like more inject a little bit of fun in there. Right. I mean like the last like minute or two with hypnosis for men, right. We've been having actually like a bit of fun, like, Hey, you're a little bit more animated, a little bit more lively. So, you know, if you inject a little bit of that, that, people will, will naturally gravitate towards that more and be open a lot more receptive to it. Whereas yeah. if, again, if you're very closed, very reserved, because again, I used to be that guy. I was that very tall guy that was super shy, awkward, very closed off. And for me, it was horrifying because it's like, this is literally my nightmare. As tall as I am, I stand out like a sore thumb, though I can't even like hide in a crowd from it. He's a big so, dude. Um, like he's taller than me and I'm fucking 6'2". <laughs> yeah. yeah, so <laughs> I, I had to like, by necessity, like learn to like, okay, like let me just crack the store open a little bit and so i realized like oh okay like there there could be some fun that could be had here yeah. you're starting to open up right now and we all we all feel we all feel it because we're in the private chat be like oh there he goes now he's smiling yeah. now he's getting it and and I, I was saying i've made comments earlier where like some of the guys are they're not so and not all guys are wired the same way um but some of the guys that socially aren't there are calibrated when they come and talk to me, I can feel their nervousness and I don't like to feel nervous because I used to deal with that stuff too. Those days are long gone for me. But if by you being in my presence or in my bubble, I physically feel nervous or kind of tense, then I don't want to be around you. I'll try to as cordially get out of the conversation as fast as possible. But even in the last couple of minutes, you, your energy has changed entirely. And now we're mm-hmm. like, okay, now we're shooting the shit with you. So just do that. Look, here's, here's the deal. Like you're in the right places talking to the right kinds of guys, right? Like you're, you're hanging out of the gun club, full of military police types, right? You're hanging out in car clubs full of guys that like to do dangerous stuff because it's fun, all right? You're in the right kinds of groups with the right kind of people that can actually connect with you on the level that you are, that can actually give you what you're asking for. You just need to actually get out there and say hello and be curious and find out who these people are. They're right there. They're right there. Just go ahead. All you got to do is go start talking to them and be curious. That's all Mm -hmm. you need to do. And you don't have to be like the loud, like over the top kind of guy, right? Because again, like everybody's wired differently. Everybody's calibrated a little bit differently. But again, what's going on internally reflects externally. So like if you're closed off, it's very serious, reserved, not having any fun, that's going to translate and nobody else is going to have any fun. But you're coming from a mental point of origin where, hey, I'm just here to like, again, meet some cool people, have a good time. That is going to translate and and resonate and it'll manifest itself. um, And and Ryan... Yeah, Ryan, we're not telling you to look happy all the time and be super friendly to everybody. It's quite okay to have standards and knowing who you are and what your worth is. We all know that. But one way I would like to think about it is that most people in this world is just a friend I have not yet met. 
I am a person with standards and the folks in this group knows I carry myself. I impose that standard on myself first. And that's what you should do as well. And I'm sure you have already or starting to or have been many years. In the end of the day, the standards that you impose on other people, it depends on the context. It depends on how much you know about them. Right. I mean, there are some pretty poor, low quality people, but before you know about what they did in their past, it's a little early to judge. And by the way, other than the gun range, which is the idea you got here, I was about to suggest dog shelters. If you like dogs, dude, um, I got four great Danes. I got plenty. Yeah. Of dogs. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have some friends from the Marines in Afghanistan and they're now training dogs in Alaska. They have their own sled team. Mm, with like nice. 20 huskies i mean it's awesome i'm gonna visit this guy in anchorage in summer on my motorcycle but like dog shelters it's just like such a great place to meet people especially women by the way very sympathetic women you know and and but you gotta like put that shield down you know in order to be with them in order to know them better well as far as for me i went through a pretty nasty divorce and she tried to pin like uh i know everybody has she tried to put criminal charges against me and i went through like the whole court system and that crap and it was that rigorous i lost a lot of friends because of it because nobody i had a lot of group of friends so i'm kind of like built up walls per se if that makes mm. sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah just um just try to move things along because I got one other guy that I want to bring in before we wrap up. But um, you might want to check out Ryan's stuff at Hypnosis for Men. Um, you know, he works with guys like you. He's not the kind of guy that'll plug himself, so I'm going to plug him for it for him. Um, but Ryan, Ryan took care of the same stuff problem you have with me. Yeah. yeah. To, to be honest, I had that same exact problem. One session, we are done. Like I'm out there. Yeah. So yeah. Hit him I'm up. down for it. And you know, you can connect with the. You can connect with the group at large too, because there's a lot of people that have extremely similar stories to that. So again, you know, well, I know there is. It's just, you know, yeah. It's like, listen, guys are just told to carry their bag of shit around. You know, we throw it in a burlap bag, we throw it over our shoulders, we got all this resentment and guilt that we just kind of truck around, thinking that it's a badge of honor. And realistically, you just need to put that shit down and walk away from it in life. And life does improve, but uh, yeah, just to uh, just to move on, Ryan, meet Ryan, hypnosis for men, Google his shit, and uh, shoot him an email through his website, and you know maybe you guys can connect and do some work together. Definitely will. All right, man, take care. Um, I'm gonna give uh, the last slot to my uh, Cuban Greek friend. Uh, he dropped a super chat over here. Uh, YouTube vid relative to just how long certain things in time can take, whether it is getting over someone rebuilding pipelines all the way through aspects of business. Rome wasn't built in a day. Greg, what do you got for us, buddy? Can you hear me? I don't have this uh, audio all screwed up between two screens. No, no, you're good. Sounds clear. All right. You know, from experience over time, um, you know, a lot of people interpret change in life to occur instant. You know, whether it be within a week, within a couple of days. And from my experience, you know, whether it be through a divorce, through relationships, through, you know, success at work. Um, you know, one thing that I've always, you know, that have, that have lacked in books or these, you know, podcasts is the understanding of how, of how long certain things in life can take. Right. And it, it may be 
a better for, you know, a better conversation for down the road on one of your other, you know, podcasts or YouTube, um, you know, outlets, but, you know, maybe discussing, you know, that getting over a girlfriend doesn't happen overnight, doesn't happen over a week, you know, uh, spinning plates and, and rebuilding your pipeline takes time. You know, in my experience, any relationship that I've ever left within 30 days, you know, I have my handful of, of other plenty full of other, of other options with, with girlfriends and so forth. Um, as it's come from my business, you know, my success in, in real estate development, you know, that took me, you know, 15 years to establish the success I've had over five, the last five. And, you know, a lot of times people in society, they expect it all to happen now and right away. And um, I think it'd be a good conversation piece to help those inpatient people you know, get a better understanding of just how long some of these career goals or relationship goals can really take. Yeah, every overnight success I know took years. Uh, every and it, single I mean, one of them. It takes as long as it takes, right? And so yeah. it, the, the problem is that people want that like formulaic, like, okay, well, this equals this exact period of time. And again, for everybody, right, their timelines are, are all over the place. Like I know people that they became multimillionaires within weeks. And I know other people where it took them years. And so it just, it, it varies and it, it depends. Like we all have our own kind of unique circumstances to go through, but mm -hmm. by the same token, don't think that, oh, I, it has to be this like crazy long process, especially when it comes to personal transformation. Cause a lot of times guys think like, oh, I'm starting at zero and going out there and trying to be like a you know high value sociable guy. Well, it's going to take me, you know, five years to do that. Where if you actually grind and really focus on it, you could actually accomplish that in like over a matter of a couple of months and see an incredibly dramatic transformation where about 80% mm -hmm. of your coverage, right? You build out within that very short period of time. So again, you have to come have a good sense of self-awareness, but it is going to take as long as it takes. And that's kind of the hard part, right? Is where. How long did it take you guys each? Like, let's wrap it up on that note. Like, like how, like, you know, if I'm being honest, it took me 48 years to get to where I'm at today. <laughs> <laughs> every fucking year, you know, behind, you know, the one that I live in today, you know, is what it took to get me to where I'm at today. Right. Yep. Well, it's just a concept of like slowly and then all at once, right. Where you're banging right. your head against the wall and nothing moves and nothing That's moves and it. nothing moves. And then something <laughs> clicks and you're like, boom, like everything happens at once. Sometimes it's a matter of just banging your head against the wall until you finally see that piece that's been, you've been missing this whole time that makes everything fall into place. And then all of a sudden you've got it. Right. There are there are some cheat codes. I mean, there aren't like there are the conventional kinds of cheat codes that guys expect, like, you know, flip the switch or rub the cream under your eye and wipe away, you know, 20 years of aging. But I mean, there's certain things like hypnosis can be helpful. Plant medicine can be helpful, um, you know, set with intentions. Obviously, there's like different things that you can do to sort of accelerate the growth and like the unplugging and the sort of fixing of your bullshit. But I mean, for the most part, like yeah. everybody that's here on this panel right now, it, it's pretty much taken their lifetime to get them to where they're at right now. Right. Yeah. Same thing and with one of the YouTube, best right? things, Yeah. One of the biggest things is like being in a group of guys that know what they're doing is going to accelerate that process. And I think that's one of the biggest things yeah. that people don't actually give credit for is mentorship and groups like this groups all over the place for like entrepreneurship, you know, getting a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, getting in the gym with guys who are lifting heavy guys who know what they're doing are going to help other guys figure out what's going wrong so they can get there faster. Having sure. somebody else look at you from the outside in and provide that mirror and show you the things that you can't see yourself will get you faster progress than anything else in the world.
it mm-hmm. kind of depends on what category too. Like, right. Like with, you know, game and, and girls, right. That really, that only took me nine months of just concentrated effort. Nine months to total transformation did not recognize who I was within the same year. It was a pretty wild transformation. Um, you know, as far as the financial side, that took about uh, three years of really focusing and grinding, but there's more background to that three years. And then in other aspects like networks and connections and things like that, that is definitely a lot more over, I would say like a good 10 to 15 year span of really getting out there, putting myself out there, building those bridges and connecting. So sometimes, right, it's the question, not so much of like the time itself, but it's like, what category are we also looking at the timetable? Because some things can move really quick. Like you can make your money really fast and have a really, really long burn with the girls, or it could be the inverse. So what category are you looking at? And those are kind of my three major categories. Speaking of categories, I remember someone used to talk about there's three types of businessmen, right? There's the builder and then there is the salesperson and then there is the investor. And well, investor aside, because you have to have money to invest and also wisdom, but that's the biggest businessman of all. Uh, You guys seem to me more like the salesman kind of businessman. Uh, there's not a lot of builders in this group, uh, but but I'm a builder. Uh, I am a software engineer slash scientist slash CTO, chief engineer type. Uh, I've taken on all of those roles in the last 20 years, and, and I have a PhD in the field that I do, so I'm one of the best. Uh, and even so, I'm more just an elite plumber because I'm still building by the hour, although pretty pretty high hourly rate, I would say. I mean, uh, yeah, be- better than uh, most of the prostitutes out there. But that aside, <laughs> oh, shit, I'm going to get fired for this now. <laughs> but 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 it all depends on what kind of businessman that you are. And, you know, it, ha- it just happens that in my industry, you need to build a credential, which means what kind of publications that you have what kind of patents you have established, uh, which Fortune 100 companies that you work for, and what startup companies have you found. And after that, you need to be able to really demonstrate that you can deliver projects if you get any contracts, right? And that involves a lot of hard work, which is okay because, number one, I already like doing my line of work. I wouldn't say I'm passionate, but very few people like this kind of stuff, but I actually kind of like it, you know? running programs, training models, running teams of engineers and talking that geek talk. I actually enjoy that stuff. Uh, I'm not much of a business guy, but, um, you know, so far I've made myself to almost the top 1% of revenue, of income, right? Uh, I'm a terrible finance guy, so I'm like 10% in terms of net worth. But if you're really good as a plumber, as a high-tech plumber, that's one way to go. All right. Well, uh, Greg, you good, bud? Yeah, no, that answers. And it wasn't really so much for me as just the general populace, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, people forget you got to build your resume. And uh, yeah, you know, I could I could hop in the car and slap the GoPro up against the windshield and, you know, chop that one up. But nobody wants to hear that you've got to work 10 years to get the results that you want. Everybody's looking for some cheat code or some bullshit to solve their problem in five seconds. And it's like I think that, you know, like inherently guys that are watching this and follow my work and have read my book sort of thing, they understand what do the work means. Right. Like 
they're already doing it or they're starting to do it sort of thing. It doesn't need to be spelled out for them that they have to take all of these steps to get to where they're going. They just keep going, right? But that's why getting that um, you know network in place to give you kind of like a little bit of a check, I think that's absolutely mission critical because um, mm. my dad from his track days, one of the things that I will never forget that he told me, um, they used to have a saying and you know they said like, we don't believe in practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect because you can practice something wrong and you'll be very, very good at doing that extremely wrong. So it's mm. important that you practice something perfectly. And that's where having that circle around you is going to help sharpen those skills. Oh, yeah. I didn't really start leveling up until I really started probing my mentors and saying like, hey, here's how I'm approaching this. Here's how I'm approaching that. Because, um, you know, you can be grinding, right, for the sake of grinding. But if you're just grinding and you're grinding down the wrong pathway, again, a good group of mentors can really help point you in the right direction in order to make your grinding go a lot further and get more fruit from your labors. Yeah. yeah and it's not just, I'm sorry, I know we're over time, Rich, but just one thing. I, and I want to agree with uh, Josh here. It's not even just the people above you. You're not alone when you're pursuing a higher purpose, something that's beyond your own selfishness. Something that when you, when you take on a heavier burden, a bigger responsibility than just taking care of yourself. For example, me taking care of my employees and, and their families' livelihood, me taking care of my patients, right, who are benefiting from these technology that I work in. I am taking on a experience that other people share. We're solving the problems together, which they all enjoy the benefit of. Even though, you know, you, you know, I'm not married. I don't have a girlfriend or anything like that, right? I have dates and so on. But, you know, I can be alone, but I'm never lonely because I'm doing these things that are above and beyond me. And I feel I'm at one with, you know, uh, it's, it's almost spiritual. You know, I mean, I know I'm doing mundane work and I'm just making a lot of money and so on, but that's not it. I'm with a group of people and I'm helping a lot of people and I love it. You know, it's almost spiritual and I don't mm -hmm. feel lonely. And, and that's what's wonderful about what I do or, or what any of these people here are doing. It's, it's great. Absolutely. All right, Greg, I'm gonna let you roll. Thanks, Thanks. buddy. Um, if if you've been watching this show tonight, and we got to do some uh, housekeeping before we go, but if you've been watching the show tonight, and you're interested in joining the community. Uh, it's it's in the ticker there. I mean, there's a, there's a video there on the landing page. It'll explain in, in some detail. Um, I'm probably going to start doing interviews uh, before I bring people on, but uh, the link's there to check it out if you want to learn more. And uh, real quick, I got to hit the stuff over my shoulder. Let me just go solo. How do I do this with this setup now? I'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere yet. So just over my shoulder over here, I got to shout out the channel sponsor, uh, Grandike, Grandike Soap. You can get it from coopersoap.com. It's pheromone-infused uh, handmade soap in the United States. They've got these new scents now. They're all awesome. They smell great. Uh, it's yeah, it's more expensive than your stuff that you get at the big box stores, but it doesn't have any any endocrine disruptors. It has pheromones, and again, Scott's <laughs> been a great supporter of the channel. You can go check out the stuff at coopersoap.com, and if you use coupon code Cooper, you get ten percent off. Um, the other thing I gotta also shout out to is share screen. Boom, boom, boom. We've uh, we've just moved our fulfillment center for the supplement line. How do I make this bigger? 
everything's back in stock. Uh, this should be back in stock within the next um, few days. It's not going to take long. There's a big batch being made. Uh, where's the ticker for that stuff? Did I lose it? Oh, here it is. Down on the bottom. Um, so you're going to go to theunpluggedalpha.com. Use coupon code ALPHA10. Um, it's, it's only good for your first order. So if you need a bunch of vitamin DK mix, for example, grab like a bunch of them. The other option is you can do a subscribe and save model. So if you're looking for a, a vitamin DK supplement, you hit the subscribe and save button, you save 5% and then it just ships on a regular basis to your residence. Uh, but again, you go to unpluggedalpha.com, check out with um, coupon code alpha10 and you get that 10% off at checkout. That's the entire supplement line. It's just over my shoulder. Are you guys going to do a uh, show over on YouTube or on Stereo? What are you guys up to right now? Stereo, every Monday, as usual. Okay, so head over to Stereo.com uh, forward slash Moth or just download the app and search for... Can they just find your show just by looking for Moth? Yeah, but if they go through this link here, it'll. Uh, I think it'll automatically follow me and I'll just be able to download it either way. So it's, okay. it's e easy to find me either way. All right. Um... Do you guys want to shout out to anything that you're working on? Uh, Charles, Renegade, Hypnosis for Men, real quick before we go. Nothing from me. Nothing from Charles, Renegade? <laughs> uh, yeah, I opened up uh, my text game course. I opened it back up. Uh, but a lot of people were asking me about it. So I was like, all right, I'm, I've opened the gates again. So if you guys want to go check it out. Um, Do you, you want to drop the link up. in the live chat? Can you? Uh, I don't know if I have access to it. Go to my site, WinnegadeWingman.com. Um, okay. It's right there. All right. And Ryan? Sure. So I'm a master hypnotist. I help guys deal with the, the stuff deep down inside that's holding them back. Anything that's basically you've been banging your head up against a wall against for, for years. That's my that's my value. That's what I fix. You can find me at hypnosisformen.com. Uh, I'll drop that link in the chat. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Hypnosis for Men as well. All right. And if you want to chop it up a little bit with uh, Moff and Jaron over on Stereo, they'll be doing a live show. How long do you guys usually go for? An hour, two hours, three yeah, usually it's about two, two and a half. We'll see. You know, usually we wrap up usually around midnight Eastern. Cool. All right. So go check it out and you can uh, chat it up with Jaron and Moff a little bit more. Um, got a bunch of stuff coming out this week. And of course, I'm back next Monday with another Unplugged Alpha show. So we'll see you guys later. Have an awesome one. Peace out.